It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the FTN Fantasy Baseball Podcast with your co-hosts, Matthew Davis and Matt Kupferly. Welcome to the FTN Fantasy Baseball Podcast for Episode 10. I'm your co-host, Matt Kupferly, and as always on our weekly FAB podcast, I'm joined by Matthew Davis. Matthew, Welcome. Good morning. It is currently 6.24 a.m. on the West Coast, and the sun is rising, and it's a nice, cold, chilly morning. And I'm really excited to talk about this fab period because there is another plethora of options for us. No, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be another fun week. We saw, you know, fab bidding was crazy. Uh, A lot of questions uh, on the interwebs uh, as we interacted with folks on you know, is uh, for people that were new to the NFBC, people that had some crazy bidding in their home leagues. Uh, so it was definitely a wild week last week. And uh, as always, we're going to use Matthew's basis of his weekly fab transaction article that's over at FTN. Please go check it out over at FTNFantasy.com. It's a fantastic article, tons of good nuggets of information. Um, and so we're going to use that as our basis point um, as we as we jump in. Uh, probably the first thing that we'd like to discuss, and Matthew, I'd love to get your thoughts on, um, you know, you do a really good job of understanding schedule. Uh, schedule is always crucial and important in understanding your bids. But this week's a little bit unique uh, as we're still swirling with a bit of uncertainty around the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, Other scheduling are, you there? are you there, Matt? Yeah. Okay. I know you were having some power outages. Issues, thus the delay, and I didn't, sorry about that. I didn't hear you. Um, yeah, so uh, go, real quick, going into the schedule. Um, so we have, let's start with the Cardinals. We already know that their game tomorrow is going to be postponed against the Pirates. So the Pirates were tentatively scheduled to have seven games, and in the FAB article, you'll see asterisks next to the Pirates, Cardinals, Tigers, and White Sox, and that's due to the Cardinals impacting all of those teams. I'm now not expecting or you shouldn't expect any of the Cardinals to play. And to play it safe that way, you should also expect the Pirates not to play at the beginning of the week, the Tigers not to play in the middle of the week against the Cardinals, and then the White Sox this weekend. And so you're going to want to make sure that you have hitters that are going to be able to fill in those roster spots if the White Sox, Pirates, Tigers, or Cardinals do not play, simply because you don't want to take a zero in the roster spot. So it's going to be very important to make sure that you act as if those teams are not playing this week um, just because, you know, they simply might not. We've seen uh, other games and whatnot be canceled throughout the week. So that's an important factor right off the bat. And then the other one is there's a few teams that are only playing five games this week, 
which means that they're only playing Tuesday and Wednesday. So they're going to have off Monday and Thursday, and they're not going to be providing a lot of volume offensively. And that's the Blue Jays, Indians, Marlins, Yankees, and Royals. And there's going to be some Yankees that we talk about due to the Giancarlo Stanton injury. And so we'll touch base there, and it'll be interesting to see if people are going to be um, willing to spend as much just because of the schedules early or if they're going to be wanting to buy in for the upcoming weeks as well. So those are some things that popped out to me that I wanted to mention before we go into the hitters and pitchers. No, I think that's a really good call out, Matthew. And one thing I wanted to get your perspective on is, especially with the Cardinals, you talked about making sure that you get those players out of your lineup, but are you dropping any Cardinals immediately or how are you handling that roster in specific, especially in a league like the NFBC where bench spots and reserve spots are critically important? I do not own any Yadier Molina, but he would be somebody immediately that I would cut, unfortunately, due to the position that he plays. And I don't want to hoard a third catcher. And so Yadier Molina would be an instant cut for me. Anybody on the um, in the pitching staff not named Jack Flair is likely a cut for me. And then on the offensive side, I actually only have shares of Tommy Edmond and Paul Goldschmidt. So unfortunately for me, I'm just kind of having to eat it right now and hold those guys. But the other guys on offense, I know that you have a lot of Paul DeYoung. He's, he's likely a hold as well. Um, other than that, though, I think most of those guys are a, are, are a cut for me. What about you, Matt? I think that makes sense, too. I saw some dialogue back and forth on Matthew, because I think I think I agree with you. Um, you know, there as we know, the game on Monday already is at a minimum canceled. And I think your advice is spot on. I think you can't assume that they're going to play at all. But the challenge being if you've invested in high you know, draft capital and, and I do have Paul DeYoung shares, but I didn't have to spend what I would consider significant draft capital on him. However, um, I think it goes back to me of, you know, if I do cut Paul DeYoung, what's replacement level for me? And if I think the player is better than Paul DeYoung replacement level wise, then I'm happy to make that drop. But the reality is I, I don't know that I see anybody out there, especially with a guy like Tim Anderson from the Chicago White Sox already on the IL uh, with that groin injury. There's been some shortstops and other players, you know, that have been gobbled up already. So I think I'm with you. I just I was curious as to kind of what you thought, because I know some people are saying, you know, get them all out of your team, not only off your off your active roster, but get them off your uh, off your team altogether. And I think that would probably be a bit of a mistake from taking that perspective. So I agree with you there. Um, what about how about how about uh, the bullpen situation? What if you have yeah. any of those? Levers? So Ryan Helsley, he's a cut. Yeah. Him, I, I would simply cut him if he's back in the rotation right now because they're not playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, so then we have like Gallegos, Miller, and crew. If you had Gallegos, are you holding him? If you have Miller, or would you want to add Miller? Um, we're kind of we're kind of jumping ahead, but I just want to keep yeah. uh, keep you know fresh on the the whole Cardinals situation. Right now. For me, I think Miller's a cut. I don't think they want to use him in a closing situation. I've been wrong on, on reliever situations before. I think Gallegos is the guy. I do not think it's Alex Reyes either, as highly touted of a prospect as he is. With the, with the injuries that he's coming back from and the inconsistency and the setbacks, I think it's going to be Gallegos that's in the role. Um, I could understand if you don't need the bench spot holding him, but um, as you, you've said before, uh, if you need to churn and burn that spot, I think it's okay to do it. Uh, there just could be risk. I mean, the crazy part that we're all, you know, estimating is we don't know when any of this is coming back. So uh, I think in an absolute best case scenario, that probably has a very low probability. 
Uh, the Cardinals do come back and play earlier in the week against the Pirates and or the Tigers in that doubleheader. I don't know how likely that scenario is, but you'd hate to make a Gallegos cut and then have uh, something like that on your roster. So he's probably the tipping point for me. Um, outside of that, um, to, to what you said, I don't think anybody else is worth worrying about from that perspective. Okay. So as we dive in, Matthew, to your 15 team hitters, um, you mentioned uh, we get lucky. We've got some um, we've got some games coming up. We got a lot of games coming up. We've got some Coors action coming up with two teams that are coming in there. So uh, that'll obviously catch our eye a little bit. But let's start off like we usually do with kind of some low dollar hitters. Some ones that caught my eye, Matthew, uh, that I wanted to get your thoughts on quickly. Uh, a guy like Brian Goodwin, who was originally supposed to have the strong side of the platoon uh, with Justin Upton. Um, with Joe Adele coming up. Now Joe Adele's nursing, I think, uh, hamstring or quad injury. So he should be back. But um, Yeah, could... he, he was back last night. Okay, okay. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because they clearly have said, Joe Madden has said, that Joe Adele uh, is going to get the lion's share of the playing time. So that'll be an interesting situation to watch. Um, your boy Edwin Rios getting some playing time and hitting some long dingers when he's in there uh, makes for some for an interesting play. Um, along with me, I'm kind of keeping an eye overall uh, just on some of these names that you've got here because they're really interesting and I think they could be pretty valuable. Uh, guys like Mitch Moreland of the Red Sox for an offense that maybe is starting to get going. You've got Nick Markakis where a rash, rash of injuries are going for the Braves uh, and he always seems to bat in that five, six spot in the lineup. So who catches your eye on low dollar headers that you may be interested in, especially as you mentioned at the top of the show, um, like this whole thing going on with the Cardinals, if you've got some spots to fill. Yeah. So Edwin Rios off the top, um, Max Muncy, there was reports on Twitter yesterday that Alana Rizzo uh, tweeted out that, that Max Muncy had a fractured finger or does have a fractured finger. And this happened in summer camp and it wasn't really reported. And we've seen, the impact that it's having on him in this this early in the season, uh, the power isn't there, and he he looks frustrated. You know, once he leaves the box and has whatever poor result that he's putting out there. And last night I ended up tweeting because they were down in a one run game and Muncie didn't do anything, and it was like weird because I wanted Edwin Rios in in that situation. I felt more comfortable with Edwin Rios in that situation. So I kind of asked the question on Twitter: um, How much longer is it? going to take for Edwin Rios to start eating into Muncie's playing time. They're both left-handed. They're both have massive power, but the guy that's actually providing that power right now is Edwin Rios. He had already has three home runs in um, a much smaller amount of plate appearances than Muncie. So he's somebody that's not going to cost a lot yet, um, but he was starting to get added again last week due to his hot week when he got a couple of starts, he had a couple of home runs. So He's in the Dodgers offense, um, and if he is going to get more playing time, if we do know that, he's going to cost a lot of money, and you need to get ahead of that. So Edwin Rios is somebody that I would like to speculate on before it's too late. Another person, the guys that you mentioned, Goodwin, I'm kind of starting to simmer down on him, even though he was playing well simply due to because of Joe Adele eating into that playing time. And Mitch Moreland, he's hitting in the middle of that lineup in the thick of the Red Sox lineup. They've been getting off to a slow start, but we've now seen Alex Verdugo get going. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with J.D. Martinez and Rafael Devers, but you would assume at some point that they would start to click. And Xander Bogarts has looked great himself. So um, they should get, you know, they should start to get going sooner than later. I don't think Andrew Benintendi's going to, though. He looks like shit. 
<laughs> and um, Nick Markakis is one of those oatmeal plays for us. He's boring. He's old. But we mentioned last week he is likely going to be hitting fifth and sixth in that the Braves lineup, especially now with Matt Adams on the IL. Uh, the Braves lineup is good, and he provides you that stable amount of RBIs that we've seen in the past. But I, I'm just kind of, I'm just not excited about him. And I, yeah. and you know, and, and he is boring and stuff. But if you do need RBI, I think he is that solid RBI contributor. Yeah. So if you need him there, and you notice that you're low in that category, and you're you're struggling in the outfield, Nick Barcakis could be the person. Um, and then a couple of of catchers just. Just because if you have Yadier Molina, we mentioned possibly cutting him even in 15-team leagues. We've seen Chadwick Trump of the San Francisco Giants do well. Tony Walters is now going to be getting six games at home this week at Coors Field. And then Young Gomes is off the um, IL, and he's playing a little bit again. And I like the team context in yeah. Washington. So those are some catchers that you could add if you do need to cut somebody in yeah. that department. And then one other specula- uh, speculative add to get Ooh. ahead of the grain would be Luis Urias of the Milwaukee Brewers. I know that he's pretty much ramped up and ready to go, and Craig Council of, of, in the Milwaukee Brewers manager has mentioned that he could be getting his call up soon, and that Milwaukee okay. Brewers lineup does not look like what we, we thought no. it was uh, at the no. beginning of the year, and they need a fresh shot of adrenaline, and Luis Urias could be that guy, and we've seen a carousel with Eric Sogard coming in and out of the top of the lineup. We've seen how desperate they are with putting Ben Gamble at the top of the lineup. So yeah. it was speculated that the only knock on Louis Sirius was, you know, hitting ninth in that lineup. He could yeah. possibly come up, come back up and hit first right away and lead off for that Brewers lineup. So he's somebody that um, if he's available, I would might look to add him okay. expect this week. If you if you can afford to hold um, somebody in the reserves, you know, it's depending on your team context. And and if you're, you know, struggling for for playing time, then maybe that's not the situation for you. But if he comes up the week after, he's going to end up costing, you know, quite a bit more as well, especially if we do see him lead off. He's going to be expensive. So getting ahead of um, getting ahead on Luis Urias would be something I'd look to do as well. And, and you bring up a good point, Matthew, because a guy that I actually was taking a look at this week because I've got the challenges you mentioned earlier with Tommy Edmond and uh, quite a few teams. Uh, one I didn't mention that's on your list that I think is a really good name to point out is Andres Jimenez of the New York Mets. Um, he's getting uh, some run. In fact, he's getting a lot of run. Um, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with Jimenez's player profile, ton of speed in the minor leagues. In 2018, he stole 38 bases across two levels. Stole 28 in double-A in 2019. But, Matthew, I think your point is valid, so I want to pressure test you here. If you've got a spot and you're looking to add, are you specking a guy like Urias over Jimenez because of the profile and the ability they could hit leadoff for a Brewers lineup? Or are you are you giving a hard look at Jimenez in that same spot? Who would you pick if you were there? Great Question. So we know that when Luis Urias comes up, he's going to be playing every single day. So that's a positive on his on his side. And then for Jimenez, he has more speed and he is playing right now. And he's also second base shortstop, third base eligible. So that makes him middle infield and corner infield, which is extremely uh, valuable. He's not hitting at the top of the Mets lineup. The only concern that I do have for him. So he is he's fantastic. Add him if you need speed, add him, get him in this week. Um, he's one of those examples of a churn and burn situation where he could come in and be extremely productive for the next week or two. The only concern with him is what happens when Robinson Cano comes back and, you know, when the, when the Mets lineup starts to fill out. So that's the concern with him. Whereas Luis Urias would be a long-term play for me and Jimenez might be 
some sort of a short-term play. But if if today, this week, this week, I would go Jimenez. So it, it okay. really depends on what you need, if you need the speed. Um, Urias should have the better batting average, um, even though Jimenez is hitting 276 right now. So I think that um, it's it's truly dependent on where you're at. If you're, if you're good on speed and you're kind of like, man, I don't need to really – cut a lot of people or I, I have so much, you know, fluff and depth on my reserves right yeah. now, then maybe Urias is that guy for you because you're already loaded and you wouldn't be starting Jimenez or okay. Urias this week anyway. So it's really team team dependent. For Got it. Nope. Great point. As you move up the ladder, uh, as we're looking at spending, there's actually a lot of really interesting names that you've got on here. So we'll try not to take 45 minutes on one to 5% hitters, but there are some really good names I want to, I want to push you on. To me, uh, Ben Gamble, like you mentioned for the Brewers, Dylan Moore, who I think at this point I might just end up trying to find an AL West only league for next year because I own so many freaking Mariners and Angels at this point. But Dylan Moore has been really interesting, and I want to talk to you about his profile. You've got Jake Cronenworth that's in that group as well. You've got Mike Ford, who should be getting some more burn for the Yankees. Um, you've got Rio Ruiz, who's popping home runs for the Orioles. Uh, Matthew, tell me about the, that low-priced hitter, a uh, chunk up from the one to nine dollars, but that lower-priced hitter of one to five percent. A ton of interesting names. Any of those really stick out to you, or anybody that I didn't mention in your list? Because you've got a pile of really good names that stick out. Yeah. So Ben Gamble, you touched on first. We saw him lead off a couple of days ago when Sogard was out of the lineup. But Sogard was back in the lineup yesterday, and Gamble was uh, slid back back down uh, a little bit deeper. So that's kind of a knock on him. But we've seen him make contact. He's scoring, you know, some runs. He's getting hits. So he's been productive overall for um, the Brewers thus far. But he's nothing exciting or spectacular. So um, if you need somebody, he's somebody, right? And then there's Dylan Moore. I actually like Dylan Moore a bit more. Uh, well, that wasn't meant to happen. But, yeah, I like Moore um, quite a bit. And then a couple of other guys that would be like Chris Owens, and he has multi-position eligibility. I know that he's been tilting the shit out of people because um, he's been playing, but now we're starting to see Garrett Hampson get his burn. So that could be interesting moving forward. But Owens does have positional eligibility. And we have seen him get quite a few consecutive starts in the Rockies lineup, and they are at Coors Field this week. And another one would be his teammate, Matt Kemp. He's getting playing time, and I know that the Rockies face at least one or two left-handed pitchers, so we will be seeing some Matt Kemp in the lineups. Nick Ahmed's another uh, Arizona Diamondback that will be getting his first three games at Coors Field this week. And it's not that he's uh, you know, a sexy bat or anything, but he plays every single day for the Diamondbacks. So you can project him to play three games in Arizona or in Colorado this week. Rowdy Telez, Ryan O'Hearn, Travis Shaw, they're kind of their, your big, boring thumpers. But all of them are hitting in the thick of their lineups. Uh, Ryan O'Hearn, we've seen hitting fourth. I know that he left yesterday's game with a shin contusion, but that's supposed to be precautionary. So those are some guys that can kind of – I think that those guys are a little bit like the beefier version of Nick Markakis, the Telez, O'Hearn, and Shaw. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guys, so I think that they'll cost just a little bit more. And then another person that I've talked about, I think every single week this year, has been Jose Iglesias. He's still hitting third in the Baltimore Orioles lineup. The Baltimore Orioles lineup is scoring runs. They're being produced. Productive, and I think Iglesias is hitting uh, like over 300, or like well over 300, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So um, he's actually hitting 405 now, and he isn't added or hasn't been added because he had that um, injury that kept him out for a few days, and he was day to day. So Jose Iglesias is somebody that I, I I like quite a bit. What about you? Is there somebody else that I didn't mention, or somebody that I did mention that you like or dislike? Matt, are you there? Okay. Yeah, well, no. I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. No, I, I really like all the names that you called out. I think there's a bunch of really interesting ones um, as you go through. You know, there's, there's, I was really high on Ryan O'Hearn until you mentioned, you know, the injury. I'd like to follow what happens today if he's in the lineup or not. I think that's going to uh, happen. Um, if he's going to be back in today or if he's not going to be back in, I'm not sure what's going to go on there, but he's been, that Royals lineup has been kind of plucky. They put up a bunch of runs yesterday. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued because they're starting to hit the ball a little bit. And have you heard anything, Matthew on Hunter Dozier or when he's supposed to come back? Because that's my only watch out is what the roster construction looks like. Have you seen he's, he's working his way back from COVID. Uh, no, I haven't. I'm, uh, he's supposed to keep, uh, resuming his workouts tomorrow. Or that was actually last week. So I don't know. He's doing his workouts and ramping up. I'm not even sure. Um, there's just nothing recent. I'm looking at something from six days ago that just says that he's likely to resume his workouts on Monday, which would be a week from tomorrow. And that's about it. So I, I'm really not sure, to be honest with you, on Hunter Dozier's situation. And, and some of these COVID situations are, I don't know, all of them are just they're all so weird yeah. and they all they're all they all differentiate. So yeah. um O'Hearn's actually making some decent contact as well and yeah. we're seeing him hit fourth right now. So it's just it, and he's not he's not really one of those long term plays either, but he's cheap enough and he's hitting in the middle of the Royals lineup with you know plenty of guys at the top that have talent to score runs with Whit Merrifield and Jorge Soler and Salvador Perez hitting in front of him, yeah. which are pretty solid. So um he's somebody that I wouldn't mind this week. Yep. No, I think that's good. So we're going to move on to kind of our last set of hitters that are available. And I think before we jump into one that I think you're you're spot on, that's going to cost quite a bit of dollars, uh, is that next tier with Todd Frazier and then Monty Harrison of the Marlins. So uh, Harrison's an intriguing prospect. The Marlins, obviously, in their COVID situation, are calling up a ton of players. And Harrison uh, is playing a bunch. Uh, Frazier playing in Texas now, showing a little bit of a power-speed combo, which is interesting. So, Matthew, are you prioritizing one over the other, or do you have any concerns um, as you look at a guy like Monte Harrison, who I think had been batting at the bottom of the Marlins lineup but has a huge pedigree? Oh, I'm I'm feasting for Todd Frazier this week. Um, he's hitting over 300, which don't expect uh, to, for him to do that for very much longer, but. 
six runs, two home runs, five RBI, decent Texas Rangers lineup, and they get three games at Coors Field. I I want every little bit of that as I can get. His ownership percentages are quite high um, in like the NFBC main event and the uh, the 12-team Rotowire online championships, but his ownership percentages in the NFBC um, – or I'm sorry, yeah, and the TGFBI are a little uh, a little bit lower than that. So he's somebody that's kind of popping out to me uh, sure. right away. And that's not something – I mean, he's he's being owned in quite a few leagues, so he's going to hold value over the long run. We know that he has power, and if he's going to hit where he's hitting, then he should be able to provide some decent counting stats. I do expect that batting average to fall, and I don't expect him to steal many bases. So um, he's somebody that I'm wanting for that first part of the week. Monty Harrison has obviously the better pedigree and he's the young, sexy, um, shiny new toy, but he's sitting ninth in the Marlins lineup, but his name and the pedigree alone, I think is going to bring in, yep. um, some decent amount of bids if he's still available. So I, it was, it was nice to see him uh, get off the snide yesterday and get his major league hit and a couple RBIs. So yeah. nice to see him get going. So I like both of them, but I would prioritize Todd Frazier in front of him. Okay. Nope, I think that's fair, and I think we're the person that's going to command the most bids as we look at this situation. And Matthew had sent me, you know, a really interesting video of Giancarlo Stanton, who who looked like he was having um, some hamstring issues. You also forwarded me a note that Aaron Boone highlighted in the post game press conference that uh, it looks like Stanton may need an IL stint. Is Mike Tauchman? Uh, Mike Tauchman came over from the Colorado Rockies in a trade. Been a guy with a ton of pop uh, from from a pedigree perspective. We we liked him um, all the time in, in that system, but just hasn't found a way really to get consecutive or consistent playing time in this Yankees lineup. Ironically, he was starting to get playing time even before the Stanton injury. So, Matthew, tell us about how bullish you are on a guy like Talkman. How much are you willing to spend, um, and what are you thinking there as far as kind of w- what level of investment you'd like to have? Yeah, so I know that he's a stat cast darling to my buddy Alex Chamberlain, and I'm not somebody that <laughs> I'm not somebody that likes to uh, start spitting out a ton of uh, metrics on on a podcast. So, if you do want to go down a deep rabbit hole, please bother Alex Chamberlain on Twitter. Um, he's fantastic, and he's uh, he's an incredibly smart guy, and I know that he loves Mike Talkman. So, if you want all the stat cast data and all the cool stuff like that. Uh, Mike Talkman's already providing that. And Matt, you touched on the ironic part about him already getting some playing time prior to the Giancarlo Stanton injury that happened yesterday. So the Yankees had a doubleheader on the fifth and the Yankees had a doubleheader on the eighth. And then they also played a game on the sixth and seventh. Talkman got playing time in both doubleheaders on the fifth and the eighth. And he started in the sixth and seventh as well. So we've seen, I want to say 20 plus plate appearances in the last like five days for Talkman. And this was all prior to um, Stanton pulling up lame at second base yesterday. So Mike Talkman is going to, he's going to get some bids tonight and it's going to be really interesting to see the range of outcomes on him. I get, I get excited when seeing somebody like this and knowing that he could, he might go for, he could go for only 40 something bucks in a league, but I still wouldn't be shocked if he goes for three or $400. So I haven't projected at a 16 to 19% uh, projected allocation this weekend, and that's 160 to $190. And I, I'm I'm fearful that this Stanton injury. We know that he has. <laughs> I, I mean, so many injuries. I was starting to sweat a little bit. Aaron Judge is making me look really bad. 
I, I paired them together in an article about being, you know, two players that I wanted to fade due to their K rate yep. and all of their, their just the profile of injuries that they have piled up on them. But Aaron Judge looks great and he's proving me wrong. Shout out to him. He's crushing it. He's, he's um, doing amazing things and he's so much fun to watch. So I have nothing smug about that, but the Giancarlo Stanton thing is almost like does a bear shit in the woods, you know, uh, uh, it just happens. It's something that's yep. going to happen. So yep. And it's unfortunate that it did. Um, no victory laps taken on Twitter. Nothing like that. Didn't post my article right after and say, hey, look, I told you so. Nothing like that needs to be said. But um, I actually above. posted your articles for you, Matthew, just to take your victory lap. <laughs> so Mike Talkman, somebody. But there's actually somebody else we saw um, hit a home run yesterday for the for the, the Yankees, and that was Mike Ford, and he was playing first base for them. Yep. Um, he's the left-handed version of Luke Voigt. And uh, – Somebody on Twitter yesterday, I think it was John Boy, he actually mentioned that um, John Boy is the person that exposed all the 2017 Astros. And he was thinking that Mike Ford could also see uh, some additional playing time as well. And I don't think that he is the StatCast darling like Mike Talkman. So I don't think that the bidding amounts are going to be as high. Sure. Um, but it's the same team, same lineup. And if he does get equal playing time then he could be the guy you know and he's going to be a little bit cheaper so mike ford is actually somebody else that i'm interested in that yankees lineup yeah. it, it will also be interesting to see are people going to start wanting to speculate on clint frazier and miguel and again. so yeah. you know yeah. they might get some bids as yeah. well so it's going to be really interesting to see what the people do with the yankees you know matthew i think you bring out a really good point and we talked with toby um on thursday about this and so it's very prescient of you to bring up um, Toby talked a little bit about how he went through fab bidding last week. And I know you, you have, obviously, uh, you have a really robust fab process too. But one thing Toby pointed out, which is exactly what you're saying, which is as you go through, you know, speculating on a bullpen, for example, and you're unsure of what the situation is. Um, he likes to think about how, you know, if a guy is, uh, you know, maybe going to go for $200, but he really likes the guy for $50, he definitely wants to put that $50 bid in. And I think what you're saying is in this case, Mike Talkman could be the guy that's 200 bucks. But that doesn't mean that Mike Ford isn't super valuable as the guy at $50. So I think your point is unbelievably perfect at this point in time. Don't let an offense like the Yankees slip through your fingers because as we've talked about offenses you want to own parts of. You want to own parts of the Dodgers. You want to own parts of the Astros. Uh, you want to own parts of this Yankees offense, which is just super clicking right now. Uh, I think uh, you couldn't have said it any better. Talkman could be expensive. Maybe he goes for cheap. You never know what's going to happen. Every league is different, uh, especially with Fabapalooza last weekend. Who knows what people have left to spend? But I think you're right. I think we want to own some Mike Ford, and he could be at a significantly cheaper price point. So don't forget that, I think, is what you're saying to build your to build your bids this week. Is that fair? Absolutely. And then another example of that would be Edwin Rios. Edwin Rios could be the 2018 Max Muncy. If Muncy ends up landing on the IL, yeah. look out. That yep. dude, that dude, he's league winner. Yeah. Um, I've seen it before with Max Muncy. I've seen it with Cody Bellinger. I'll yeah. be a higher yeah. pedigree. Um, even Jesus Aguilar uh, a couple years ago, uh, that same year in 2018. So Edwin Rios is just – he is fucking just waiting and waiting and scratching and clawing. And he is almost – he is almost about to pull the uh, – he's almost about to pull the Jack Nicholson shining gif and just fucking <laughs> go right through the door. Yeah. So uh, get him if he can because that's another example kind of like how Toby is successful is find that guy a week or two before and – those guys can have significant impact. Yeah. 
Yes. So yeah. Mike Ford, Mike Ford is probably going to cost a little bit more than Edwin Rios this week. Maybe even the same. I'm not sure. Um, but Edwin Rios could just, he could just be the guy, man. Yep. And it, it, just keep your eyes on Max Muncy and tabs on Edwin Rios because that situation could become more fluent than we'd like to think. Absolutely. Yep. All right. We're going to move over to pitchers, and I've done a really poor job of keeping us on time, time-wise, because we are 30 minutes in and still have gotten to pitchers. But tons of good. Andale, andale. And, <laughs> so I, we're going to keep things moving. Um, Matthew, tell me about your pitchers in the low-end range, $1 to $9. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Andrew Miller of the Cardinals. What do you think about that? But there's some other quick interesting names. Blake Trinan seems to be back throwing just some crazy-ass shit again for the Dodgers. Uh, some of the gifts that you've sent me and some others are just – that stuff is just nasty, and it looks to be cooking again. You've got a guy like Jalen Beeks for Tampa Bay that's in that interesting uh, role where he's racking up a ton of innings and doing a ton of really good work out of that bullpen. You've also got some people calling for Jonathan Hernandez to be a full-time closer. You've got Chris Bubich that got called up for the Royals that is showcasing a nasty changeup. Who are you liking in that super cheap range that could pay off big time? So it's interesting. So – Andre Scrub and Blake Trinan are people that I like that are kind of, I guess now just maybe even waiting in the wings. So we we know that the that the Astros are going to be going to Ryan Presley in the ninth just because he's he's the only non-rookie in that bullpen. But Andre Scrub and his uh, teammate Paredes, they both look pretty good and seem like those are guys that could get the job done if something did happen to Presley. And we know that Presley has had issues in the past, so. Those guys are decent specs that have been coming in and they're striking guys out and they look good. So they're kind of similar to Blake Trinan. Andrew Miller's just kind of that spec person right now. We mentioned the save situation or closer situation in St. Louis. So he's just kind of somebody, if if he's the guy, he's the guy. Uh, Felix Pena, he's been kind of doing good work out of their, uh, out of the Angels bullpen, similar to like the Paredes and Scrub. Jonathan Hernandez as well. Uh, we're going to talk about his teammate Rafael Montero a little bit more. Um, and then Rafael Delis, I think that he would be the guy if something happened to Anthony Bass with Ken Giles still out. And Yusmiro Petit, he's kind of just the guy that comes into high-leverage situations. None of these guys are going to cost a lot of money, and they're all doing good work. Chris Bubich, he's um, a starter in uh, in the Royals rotation. He's young, but we saw him go six innings, rack up six strikeouts in his last, uh, last outing. So if you're really, really desperate for innings, strikeouts, and a possible win – Chris Bubich and Tommy Malone, I know how gross that sounds, and you're probably like, who the hell is Chris Bubich? But those are two guys, if you're just desperate, desperate, desperate for starting pitching, that's where I would look there. And then Jalen Beeks is just another guy that's giving you those innings. Um, one one other guy is Josh Tomlin. He didn't get that that fifth, uh, fifth starter spot in the Braves rotation, but I'm actually happy about that because – the, the Braves' rotation is Max Fried, young, Sean Newcomb, who we know doesn't go deep, Tuki Toussaint, who's looked great, but he's also young, Kyle Wright, who hasn't gone deep, and then it looks like from what I'm looking at is Oscar Noah is going to be the other guy, and I don't expect him to go deep as well. So there's three or four guys in that Braves' rotation uh, that might not go deep enough, and if they don't go deep enough, the Braves' offense is good enough to be in, in – competition or in line for wins so we've seen josh tomlin now pitch eight eight uh eight innings on the season and he hasn't given up any runs his whip is only 0.25 and he's actually striking out 11 guys per those eight innings so um while allowing only two hits with no walks so josh tomlin has looked really good in this like long relief um 
fire outer coming in after yeah. you know follower, whatever you piggyback, whatever you want to call him. He's not going to cost a lot either, and he's going to go under the radar. But I, I kind of like him as a sneaky ad as well, just because he's been looking really good, and he can come in and sneak some wins as well. So, yeah, a lot of those guys they're, they're going to cost less than ten bucks, um, I would assume, and and I don't think that they're going to hurt you. Well, Tommy Tommy Malone and Chris Bubich certainly can't hurt you. Uh, those are the <laughs> non-relievers in that that part of the equation. But um, that they're 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 kind of just if you're desperate for wins or strikeouts. Sure. And as we move into the next group, uh, it's an interesting set of arms. We've got uh, Patrick Sandoval, who looked really good for the Angels yesterday. We've got Asher Wojciechowski, who's showcased some really nice uh, swing and miss stuff, strikeout numbers. Um, he actually goes today against the Nationals, so he'll be an interesting one to watch. I guess we're going to do this Alex Cobb thing again because he's been nasty with that splitter again. So I'd like to get your thoughts. Uh, he's got a midweek start against the Phillies he lines up for this week. Um, and then you've got a two-stepper and a guy like Rick Porcello of the Mets who um, has some, has been good in some spots uh, and been a little bit rougher in some others. So, Matthew, tell me who you like as you step things up from a starting pitching perspective. Uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, from a scheduling perspective, it's kind of a funky week. Um so we're kind of looking to gain any edge that we can, but we've got quite a few teams that either have one or two days off, and you've got to deal with the impact of Coors Field um, and and those Rocky starters that could be interesting are pitching at home. John Gray's got a two-step, but both at home. So how do we make sense of this pitching landscape for this week? Yeah, so the guys in the 1% to uh, 5% range in the 15-team leagues, Alex Cobb, Rick Porcello, and Trevor Williams – are all tentatively scheduled to be two-step starters. Trevor Williams has an asterisk uh, next to his name in my article due to the Pirates situation because he's scheduled to pitch at St. Louis, and we've already discussed that situation. So Trevor Williams is tentatively scheduled to go against at St. Louis, at Cincinnati. Then we have Alex Cobb at Philadelphia versus Washington and Rick Porcello versus Washington at Philadelphia. None of those two starts are having, you know, ringing in my ears telling me to like, wow, those need to be added because they're just going to pounce and those are easy matchups. But we discussed the Chris Bubich and Tommy Malone type. So these guys are going to cost more because they're giving you double the amount of volume. Trevor Williams, Alex Cobb, uh, they've looked good this year. I, I'm not going to go into why, but they have, their results are looking okay. They're, 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 they're hitting their pitches. So I don't know. I, 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 I've stacked against both of them in DFS and it hasn't gone well thus far. And they have two starts. So um, they deserve some mention along with Rick Porcello. We know that Rick Porcello is the bigger name there. And his his starts have been kind of rocky with the Mets. But his last outing was much better. But he's going to have to face uh, the East opponents. And- okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I believe he's already faced that Washington lineup is who he did he fared kind of well with, but he's going to be facing them for a second time. So those guys are getting some mentions because they are two starts. Sure. And then Chad cool has looked really good. And I was always been a Chad cool truther. Yeah. Love the velocity, love the high strikeout upside. He's looked phenomenal for the pirates this year. The only knock on him is they're not letting him go really deep. 
I wish that he was the follower of the piggybacker, but yeah. he's looked great. And if you need strikeouts, Chad Cool is giving you them. Um, he's had a ton of health uh, health scares and injuries in the past, so don't be shocked if you add Chad Cool in, in a, your next start. You know, hopefully not, man. I love watching him pitch, uh, and he's dialed in right now. So yeah, um, he's a, he's an injury scare away from just being nothing. But right now, he's doing what we've always hoped for. So. Chad Cool is somebody else that I'm really like. And you mentioned Patrick Sandoval. He's looked awesome as well. And and finally, the idiot Joe Madden, the guy that's create, created the will, <laughs> he's starting to let his fucking starting pitchers go past yeah. 70 pitches, which is just, like, appalling. But, yeah, so Patrick Sandoval's looked well. Yeah, and I did want to call out, Matthew, a good point on Chad Cool. Joe Musgrove was scratched in today's start, and Stephen Brault's taking that start over. I think as much as we joke about Chad Cool as one injury away from you know losing his season, Chad Cool's also a Joe Musgrove injury away. Uh, it looks like he you know he's been throwing well. He could be that really really exceed or excel in that opener kind of role. Uh, Chad Cool also could be that guy that um, just permanently puts his stake on a roll. I mean that that rotation has not been good. Musgrove's already struggled. Stephen Brault's not been good, and Derek Holland looked horrendous yesterday. I think he gave up. Four homers in the first 10 pitches of his start yesterday. So it's clear there's an opportunity for Chad Cool to own a role in that rotation or whatever that, that pitching staff is. So I, I really like your call out there because he could be a pretty interesting name uh, in a division that's got the Reds that's really good and the Cubs. But those other offenses are going to be going to be pretty tough. So um, as we move up the chain, uh, you've got some interesting names here, too. You've got a guy that I've always noticed, and I've always, uh, I think we've all been a little bit skeptical of Colorado Rockies starting pitchers. And the name I want to talk to you about in that kind of that next tier, or that kind of that grouping of next tier of starters, you've got Kyle Freeland, you've got Framber Valdez of the Astros, and you've got the reborn, however we can call him, Tuki Toussaint of the Atlanta Braves. But if I focus on Freeland, one thing that's always concerned me for a guy like Freeland is that. The strikeouts have never been there, and that 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 can be okay if you build your staff the right way. But it, but again, this year so far, again, it's early, only through 18 innings. He's got a 15.7% strikeout rate. Walking, uh, the walk rate's a little bit scary. It's in line with his career norms, 8.6%. Are you trusting Kyle Freeland, or would you rather invest in a, a Framber Valdez for the Astros or this resurgent splitter throwing NL Cy Young winning Tuki Toussaint? Um, I like them all actually, <laughs> if I can give you that as an answer. So let's start with Kyle Freeland. Sure. He's going to be similar to me. Um, it's, it's team dependent if you're able to kind of stash somebody. So you're not going to want to start him next week at home against the Diamondbacks. And then you're, you know, the next week after that, he could be on the road against the Giants. Right. And so he's kind of that situation where he could be very solid on the road. I don't want to have anything to do with him at home. I don't care if he's pitched okay there, you know, for the first two games or whatever it's been. Sure. Yeah. Um, but we've seen some improvements from him. So he's throwing less fastballs and he's increasing his changeup and, and his slider while ditching the sinker. And I love when somebody ditches a sinker and adds a slider. And we're going to get into that with Tuki Tucson as well. But um, Kyle Freeland, I like um, I, I, the the strikeout rate isn't sexy, and the K rate is below 10 percent, and it, which you mentioned is right in line with his career career average is the 8.6 percent. Um, I, I I don't mind him honestly, but I'm not going to be rolling him at home. So it's team dependent. How how much can you afford to hold him when he's pitching at home, and and able to use him on the road? So he's kind of you know team dependent. If 
if you have that sure. depth. Tuki Toussaint, I, I, I added him in a few places last week, and I ended up getting way too drunk on Mike Curlin and Mike Simeone's uh, Beer, Bourbon, and Baseball show and was really, really banging the desk about Tuki Toussaint. Uh, he's coming in with a 35.1% K rate this year and a walk rate of only 7%. That's coming out to a 28.1 K, K minus uh, walk rate. Uh, no sinker this year. He's added a slider. So those are things that I mentioned I do like. And he's also got an increase, a slight increase in his cutter as well. So the Braves need him desperately. We've seen him yes. go deeper than six innings. He's got a 16.1% swinging strike rate right now. Uh, his fab bids could cost a little bit more. I know that he won pitcher list uh, nastiest pitch of the week. And so there was some <laughs> gifts rolling around Twitter and Instagram of, of Tuki Toussaint. Shout out to Nick and Alex and all the fun, cool stuff that they put together over the where, over there. So uh, Tuki Tucson is somebody that I really, really want. Fortunately okay. for me, I have him in three of my five main event leagues already. So if I don't have him and he's available, I'm looking to get him. Yeah. And uh, if you don't have him, good luck this week because he only cost 20 or 30 bucks last week. And I have him projected to cost a little bit more this week. I'm 10 to 15 percent range. So sure. Tuki's probably going to cost over $100 this week. Well, and I think the biggest thing with Tukey, Matthew, I think we've all loved the stuff with Toussaint. He's been rumored, you know, he, he's the next thing that's coming up in the rotation. The thing that sticks out to me about Tukey Toussaint um, is that he's always been operating in his previous stints as he's come up with the Braves. He's struggled throwing strike one. Uh, if you look at his first pitch strike rate, he's been well below league average at about 52 percent. This year, he's starting off first pitch strike rate at 68.4%, which, I mean, it's a simple concept, but you throw strike one, you get ahead, you're putting hitters on their heels, and he can throw that absolutely nasty splitter when he gets ahead, and he's making people look ridiculous. So shout out to you for owning him, because I do not own Tuki Toussaint. I, I think I was a little bit bearish on his prospects, uh, but he, like you mentioned, he clearly has a path to pitch a ton. They are just decimated by injuries, so... Um, he, he looks like he could be the real deal and let's, let's hope that he keeps it up. Um, after hey, we, real, real quick, oh, yeah, Matt, uh, sorry to butt in on John Carlos Stanton. So Brian Hoka, Yankees beat reporter just tweeted out a few minutes ago that Stanton has been placed on the IL, which we all expected. All right. You waiting for Miguel Andujar or Clint Frazier? Well, it's not, it's Tyro Estrada. So oh, good. Don't even click the flag or the ad button or anything like that for those the <laughs> Frazier and Enduar. So it's it's definitely going to be Talkman and and Ford. Yeah. I would assume getting the yeah. burn there. So those are the guys that you out. want in pinstripes. No, really good call out. It's very timely. Um, okay, closers. You've got two of them on here that are both interesting. You've got Ty Buttry, uh, who is working for the Angels. Hansel Robles has been in pretty poor shape. Uh, you've also got Rafael Montero. Um, so I think Rafael Montero, in your opinion, and I totally agree, is going to be the more pricey of the two. But step us through both of those, Matthew. Um, are, are you bidding on both if you need a closer situation? I play in an, in an online championship. I had somebody that went crazy and spent a ton on multiple closers um, to be determined if those investments will pay off or not. But how are you balancing those out and what are you looking to, to spend on those guys? So it's crazy because Buttry has a 3.9% strikeout rate, which is just really weird. That's, that's, not, good, walk rate, that's not good, guys. not good. No, and his walk rate's like 4% higher. It's in the double digits, which is higher than his, like, ever, ever than his career norm. He has massive pedigree. Um, he usually has a decent strikeout rate in the majors in 2018, 2019. His strikeout rate was at 28.6%, 27.2%. 
we've seen Madden now give him multiple. Um, the last two save opportunities in the Angels bullpen have went to Ty Buttree earlier last week or this week, um, uh, whatever you want to deem this on the Sunday. So it was this past Tuesday. Joe Madden came out and announced that the the committee or the closer situation is going to be by committee, and Robles is no longer their like set in stone closer. So. Robus, he's looked gross, but Buttry got the job done last time out, and I know that he's had gotten some love in the past in 2018 and 2019. People wanted to spec on him being the closer. People wanted him to be the closer. Um, he's still young, so he's only 27 years old, and I think that he could be the guy moving forward. I'm, I'm assuming that his bid range – so he was added in about 40 to 50 percent of the main events last week, people wanting to get ahead of the curve on the Robus struggles. And so if he was going around 40 to $50 last week, I would assume that's going to double this week because we've now seen him get the save since then. So I have him at the, the uh, where am I, this 16, or I'm sorry, 15, 10 to 15% range, right? Yep, 10 to 15%. Um, along with yep. two keepers. So I think that he's going to cost over $100. Hopefully the strikeout rate, the walk rate, and some of those things are going to scare some people off. But I think that he really could be the guy moving forward. And we've seen him pitch more than an inning and an outing. So I, I really like when a guy can come in late in the eighth inning, finish off the eighth, and then come into the ninth and close it out. So I really like that one and a third innings yeah. pitch. So Ty Buttry is somebody that is going to get some love this week if he didn't get the love last week. And then we've got one other guy. Um, are you ready to go in on him or do you want to talk about Ty Buttry yourself? No, no, no. Go ahead. Are you sure? Are you, you nothing I, to say about Ty? You good? No, no, no. I'm good. I, you covered it. I, the strikeout rate was the biggest thing that makes me scratch my head a lot, and it makes me honestly nervous, and you covered it. You're good. Perfect. Okay, so this is the highest um, budget allocation I've had yet, I believe, and correct me yep. if I'm wrong, and I know yep. that you go over. 30 to 35% projection, and that's 300 to $350 yeah. out of $1,000. And that's because we saw – uh, what Jairo Diaz has done and how much he was costing. So Jairo Diaz was going anywhere north of $300, $400, and it's paid off tremendously this last week. He's already secured two or three saves along the way. Yep. Rafael Montero was the speculative guy uh, coming into summer camp once Chris Woodier started talking about, the Rangers manager Chris Woodier started talking about, that he wanted um, that uh, Jose LeCurk in those high leverage situations and that he wasn't necessarily their closer and that he would look to Rafael Montero to be their closer. And we saw Rafael Montero have a solid second half last season with the Rangers. And he ended up, I believe, I'm pulling it up right now, he ended up having um, 22 games started. So he was, he was, or not started, 22 games out of the pen and he had a 30.1 percent strikeout rate with only a 4.4 percent walk rate giving him a magnificent 25.7 k minus uh, walk rate which is just phenomenal and this year we've seen him just boy don't you wish kirby yates and some of these other guys have made it look so easy as rafael exactly. montero because that's what rafael montero is doing and if he continues to do anything to resemble this the $300 that it's going to cost you is going to be well spent and you're not going to hear me say that often so I I was a little bit under the radar on, on Diaz last week. I mentioned him in the updated article that I put out at 5 p.m. on the on the West Coast. Um, but I want to be I want to be up to par with this on Montero. So I have him at 30 to 35 percent budget, and I think that that's what it's going to take to get. And I think that if you do get him, it's a good buy. So oh, I can't wait to see how much money is spent tonight on Rafael Montero. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to afford to get him. Um, 
but I hope I can get them somewhere, especially if I do need saves. So Matthew, um, will you be investing? I I know it's a great recommendation. I think you're absolutely spot on. Is there a league that you're light on saves that you're going to be, you're going to be clicking that $300 plus bid for him, um, that you can afford to do that? Or are are you, uh, from a fab dollar perspective, uh, did you have to spend last week in, in Fabapalooza? So it's, it's, there's two components that are going to have that qualification in order to spend X amount of dollars and needing that specific category or position. Um, I only have, so in the, in one of my main events, I do have Hansel Robles and my fab budget's only $393. So you are not going to see me bid $300 in that league because I would be crippled just the rest of the way. So if you're in that situation where you need saves, but you don't have the, the allocation or the money to do so because your remaining budget's quite low, you can still be competitive and just kind of draw out your money. So now go, okay, I have $400 to keep it simple. If I bid $200, that's now 50% of my allocation. It's not 30%. So you need to understand how much how much you're going to be cutting into, into your team. And one of our colleagues actually – um, John at MLB Moving Averages made a mistake last week, and he brought it up to us in Fab about knowing how much you're going to be losing overall. So if you have in a league, even if you do, let's say hypothetically you still have nine hundred plus dollars left in your uh, remaining Fab budget, and you want Rafael Montero, and you want Mike Talkman, and you want, want Todd Frazier because you have that much fat to trim, and you're cutting three guys, and let's even say Cole Calhoun's available, and and he's going to be playing um, in Coors, and he's looked great, and he's hitting in the middle of that that Diamondbacks lineup. So let's say like all four of those guys are available, and this guy's sitting there with 900 plus bucks, and he ended up having a, a few just this week for the first time, three or four spots that just absolutely need to be cut. And he goes in and goes, I'm going to put $225 here, $225 there, $300 there, and $125 there. I'm not going to get them all, but I, I would like them all, and that's what it would take. And then you end up getting all of them, and you wake up, uh, or you look Sunday evening and you see that you have like $35 left in your, your fat budget. It's, it's really alarming because one of those guys could lose the Rafael Montero could get hurt next week. Uh, Mike Talkman could, any of these guys could get hurt and then you've wasted all this money. And now you're desperate and scrambling. Once you thought you had all this depth and all this money, you're broke and you're on your way to being homeless. So it's really important to understand you need to write down or calculate how much money, if every single one of your top bids was, if you win them, what's your remaining budget the, the rest of the season? Because sometimes you forget about that yeah. and man, it might look good right away. Like, oh my God, I got all four of those guys. I'm, I'm winning. Yeah, hold your horses because if somebody else gets hurt and now you're scrambling for depth and you don't have money, it's going to be a yep. – it's going to be a train wreck, and it could come quickly yeah. at you. So be very conscious. So if in this situation for me, I'll actually talk about it. I don't really care. I have $393 remaining budget. I have uh, Aroldis Chapman coming back in that league. And so I still need another closer because I thought that Hansel Robles was going to be that second closer for me. So what I would do in a league like that is I would have to – I would have to just be competitive. So I would want to place like probably a 50%, 40% budget of that 393 bucks. So 150 plus dollars is like where I'd be willing to go there for uh, Rafael Montero. And hopefully that's a league where people are just kind of sleeping on him or they're just, this, uh, they're kind of similar to Toby where he mentions, I don't want to blow 20% of my budget. So be competitive. If you have a low, uh, a low remaining budget, just because you never know. I mean, you might see a high tonight in the NFBC main event or the TGFBI leagues 
we might only see a bid of like $69 or something like that. So make sure to get those bids in, but be cognizant of how much money you would be losing overall if you did win all of your top bids because you want to make sure that you're not breaking the bank. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. It's something that we kind of lose sight of is, you know, the it's unlikely that we win all those, but you got to know what's going to happen if you do win them all, right? Which I think is your point of just be careful because <laughs> it can be real scary as you go down the stretch. Uh, a very, very, very good point. Okay, as we turn to 12-teamers, Matthew, just want to get a couple of highlights, I think, of interesting maybe hitters that you haven't touched on and pitchers that you haven't touched on. On the hitting side, we talked a little bit about um, Joe Adele, uh, well-owned in, in the 15-teamers, but available in the 12-teamers. Um, he's one that obviously sticks out. You also talked about Cole Calhoun um, being a really interesting name uh, that's that's smacking the ball around and probably going to cost some money. But I also want you to highlight um, a, a couple of the, uh, the lesser-priced guys. G-Man Choi has been moved around in the Tampa Bay lineup. They're struggling to find some offense he had been hitting leadoff at some spots. I saw him hitting cleanup in some spots. And then you got a guy like Dominic Smith of the Mets, who's now getting a ton of burn with Yoannis Cespedes opting out for the rest of the year. So in a 12-teamer, as you as you prioritize your bidding there and as you're looking for some hitters as you move through that replacement level, um, who do you really like? Who are you high on uh, for this week's fab bidding? Okay, so there's. let's go to that $1 through $9 spot, so less than 10, 1% of your budget. And I'm just going to quickly name off guys simply because they play every day and they're in a good spot in the lineup. That would be Adam Frazier, Shed Long, and then there's going to be a couple of other guys that are decent just because of pedigree or talent and whatnot. And that's like Bonnie Harrison, Jesse Winker, Jay Bruce is in a good lineup. Jake Cronworth is another guy that we kind of need to mention. Uh, he was filling in for Eric Hosmer and has been doing a phenomenal job. There was concerns, which are validated, that he would obviously get bumped from first base right away. There's still the DH with the Padres, so he's going to get some opportunities there as well. But we saw him start at second base last night with a struggling jerks and profile. Nobody knows who or where Jorge Mateo is. So Jake Cronworth could end up getting some more positional eligibility, and he's looked awesome. I know that he's been a Twitter darling of late, so he's somebody worth the um, – uh, mentioning Joey Wendell's looked uh, pretty good for the Tampa Bay Rays and you touched on G-Man choice so the Tampa Bay Rays have seven games next week and six of those are against right-handed pitching so we are going to get some serious burn out of G-Man Choi our boy Yoshi Tsutsugo Kevin Kiermeyer is going to be playing all the time Joey Wendell will be getting playing time so all of the Rays any of those left-handed bats in the Rays lineup I'm, I'm looking at all of them um are there any of those guys that you want to dissect before we move on? No, I'm I uh, I am lucky that I own Choi in a couple spots, and I've actually it's been a really interesting lineup to follow. So I was I was glad to see you call him out, but he was probably the biggest name for me with those right-handed pitchers that are coming into play this week. I think he's going to get a ton of run. So nope, that that's the biggest one that I was looking to call out from that perspective. Okay, let's talk about Cole Calhoun then. So he's yeah. available in. Um, I was, I was actually surprised to see this. So I'm looking at the Roto-Wire NFBC Online Championship, and Cole Calhoun has a 49% ownership, and it was – I think it was higher than that before this. So he had been getting cut, but he's still hitting in the heart of that lineup, and he's getting his first three games at Coors Field this week. So immediately I want Cole Calhoun just because he's playing at Coors Field, and then on top of that where he's hitting at in the lineup, and he's playing every single day. Um 
he's he had a decent little run there from July 31st to August 6th, where he had a one, two, three, five game hitting streak, a home run in between there, and he's gotten six RBIs within that span, and five uh, five runs. So Cole Calhoun is somebody that I would really really like to have in a 12 team format if he's available. And then Mike Talkman's right next to him. I think Mike Talkman is going to cost about the same because he plays on the Yankees. And now that we've seen who was called up, I think Talkman's going to get all the love there. So I think that they're going to cost similarly, but Cole Calhoun would be the guy that I would want this week because he gets three games at Coors Field while the Yankees only have two games. So Calhoun is going to be the more valuable person for me there. And then in the long run, Joe Adele is going to cost more. The pedigree, people are drafting him and then having to cut him. That causes chaos in the fab market, and I have him at 20 to 25% because he's a hitter, not a pitcher. So $200 to $250 in your fab budget, and I believe he is 52% owned in the Rotowire Online Championships without looking. So he's available in 48% of leagues. Yes, that's correct. And Joe Adele is going to get some love, especially because he didn't get put on the IL, and we're, hitting him, uh, we're seeing him hit seventh in that Angels lineup. No, I, I think he Joe Adele is going to be um, an interesting one for me. Matthew, how do you just real quickly, how do you think about, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about boring wins fantasy, um, but the shiny new toy is something that always catches a lot of eyes, too. So do you have an overall strategy on a guy like a Joe Adele um, to maybe a lesser extent, a guy like an Edwin Rios? How do you balance your fab out when we haven't seen a lot of major league at bats from these guys? Um, how do you, how do you temper your excitement from what a player looks like? And I think you're spot on. It's going to cost a premium. If you didn't draft Joe Adele, if you, if you're really spending 20 to 25% of your fab, how are you box balancing, um, wanting to see production and from some guys that have done it in the past versus a player like a Joe Adele that we, we haven't seen a ton yet at that landscape. Yeah, so usually I'd like to spend what it's going to cost. So we mentioned the projected 20 to 25% budget allocation for Adele, but don't be shocked if he goes for four or 500 bucks in a league simply because someone is just that guy that spends that much on those those top prospects. So I'm not willing to spend that much on a hitter or anybody for that part if it's going to be 40 to 50% of my budget. Um, it's just too, it's too troublesome if something bad happens, which bad things happen more times than not. Um, but if I was going to spend like a 30% budget, it would be on somebody like a Diaz that we mentioned or a Montero, somebody that we know, well, I don't even want to say no because they're a closer, but I I just have a little bit more confidence in the skill set and what a pitcher is going to be able to do rather than a hitter, especially in this season with the ramp up process and bat speed and timing and all of that stuff. So I think that I would value pitchers more when it comes to spending that amount of money. And then when you're looking at comparing uh, Adele to Talkman, I think that like within the first, if, if Stanton had never, if like we said Stanton was out for the year, I think Talkman provide a better season than Adele. So oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So that's the interesting part to see. Yeah. Who, who's going to get the playing time. So Adele's projected, uh, and rightly so to play for the rest of the season and hit seventh in that lineup. And maybe he moves up to first cause that's kind of fluent there as well as the leadoff spots kind of meth, uh, hitting right in front of Mike Trout, which is sad to say. So yeah. Um, I know that David Fletcher is doing a decent job, but we'll, you know, whatever, um, Joe Adele. So <laughs> I, I just, don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'll get in that pissing contest if it gets there, but 20 to 25%, sure. I could see myself going there for the upside. Yeah. 
And then as we look at pitchers, Matthews, I think we've covered a lot of the names, but there were two I wanted to ask you about. Ironically, they're both on the same pitching staff. Um, Eliezer Hernandez and Pablo Lopez of the Marlins. Lopez goes today against Jacob deGrom in the series finale uh, and was unbelievable in his first turn over five innings. Uh, Hernandez has been pretty solid as well. Uh, How are you thinking about those Marlins arms? Because the Marlins were left to dead after COVID-19, I think 20 or 21 players. The the transaction list they had was absolutely bonkers. They're still being really competitive and it's super fun to watch. So how are you thinking about uh, these Marlin arms and as you prioritize your bids? Did Pablo Lopez's last name change to Escobar? I'm not, I'm like, I'm, I'm like so confused. He, he's, he's, uh, you didn't pick up on the joke there, Matt. He's providing, he's providing the goods like, uh, one, uh, Pablo Escobar. Uh, he is got a 41.2% strikeout rate. He hasn't walked anybody this year. I was high on him in 2019 and it didn't, it was rocky and didn't really work out that well, but he, he looks really, really good. Uh, he's decreased his cutter rate, increased his changeup rate, and it's, it's looking awesome. He's throwing way less fastballs. He's only throwing fastball 26.2% of the time this year, and last year he was throwing it 40%. So yeah. we're seeing a lot of positive results from these starting pitchers that are kind of cutting back on the fastball, yep. and they're adding a little bit more to their breaking pitches. So I'm liking what I'm seeing there. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what he does today. Uh, he could be a viable DFS option. I don't think that he'll be, you know, uh, very expensive or highly owned there. So Pablo Lopez is definitely somebody I'm buying into. Uh, Eliezer Hernandez is the other uh, Marlins pitcher that you mentioned. We haven't seen um, as exciting stuff from Eliezer Hernandez, but I've been a fan of him in the past as well. And we know that the Marlins are lacking depth right now. And they're they're letting their young guys go. So... I like him as well, but I think that I would be more open to spending on Pablo Lopez. What about you? Are, do you? No, I think Lopez the other? is the guy. That changeup is just absolutely filthy. And it I think is. Trevor Bauer is the only pitcher that's throwing more fastballs in 2020. But you're right. It seems like we have a very contextual change amongst many pitchers to throw more changeups, breaking stuff, off-speed stuff in general, which has been to their benefit. And Pablo Lopez, like you said, it's one start, so we need to see it again. But, man, a 16.4% swinging strike rate in this first start, like Tuki Toussaint's kind of mini breakout or resurgence that we're seeing, is very encouraging. So I love that you called him out here. The only other name I wanted to touch on before we get to two-steppers is Tyler Molly of the Reds. What are you thinking about Molly? He's a guy that has a brilliant curveball. He threw it a ton, He's throwing it a ton so far, to your point, of throwing more off-speed stuff. Are you buying in on Molly for the Reds on an offense that – clearly as nasty as hell uh and pitchers get to benefit from that oh baby it might not just be in the water in cleveland folks it might just be the state of ohio because if you look at the strikeout leaderboard i think that Absolutely. three of the top four are the reds tyler molly is beasting and i've been waiting to see this from tyler molly i was liking what i saw last year a little bit albeit that there was some rocky it was a rocky road for him as well molly's only 25 years old he gets a two-step this week. That's mentioned in the Fab article as well. And both of those starts are juicy. They're at home against the Kansas City Royals and the Pittsburgh Pirates. So if Molly's available, I, I actually only have – so it's probably a hiccup on my end. I'll have to hit contact the editor here because 
the more that we talk about it, I have Molly in that one to five percent projected uh, that range, but he's a two step and he's looked great and he's pitching on a on a good team and they're doing phenomenal things in Cincinnati pitching wise. So I'm gonna put Tyler Molly in the six to nine percent range for the twelve teams and I'm buying in and I want I want some shares if I don't have any already. No, I think that's a good point. Uh, that two step piece is gonna be critical. So if he's in there, like you said, and maybe it is. Maybe something's in the water in the state of Ohio, which would be cool. Uh, maybe it's Kyle Body, who I think is working with the Reds. Is that right, Matthew? Isn't he involved now from Driveline? Yep. Kyle Body. Yeah, that's um, yep, that's correct. And it's and it's and that's one of Trevor Bauer's go-to guys, and it's it's yeah. paying off. It's paying yeah. off like no other. Yeah. All right, Matthew, two steppers. I know you've ch- talked about them. You talked about the quirky schedule. You've talked about how maybe there's not a ton of great options. I highlighted earlier that John Gray is a two stepper, but he's at home, and that's been. A uh, uh, nightmare of horrors for him. Tell me about your best two steppers that you like. That if you haven't focused on any, or is there one or two that you're prioritizing as you build your fab bids as we move forward? I'm sorry, Matt. You you cut out a little bit there, and I couldn't. Oh, I'm you. sorry. Yeah, as you finish up and you look at these two step starters, uh, is there anybody mm-hmm. that you're really in love with? We just got done talking about Molly. Uh, is there anybody that you're really excited about that that's your priority, or uh, is this a week uh, outside of the studs that are going that are the two steppers that um, th- there's not a whole lot for you to to be concerned about? Um, well, okay, so. We talked about Eliezer Hernandez, and I forgot to mention that he's a two-step this week. So he's at Toronto and versus Atlanta. So he's going to get some love as well. It's it's really interesting, though. So we have, like, Alex Cobbs available at Philadelphia versus Washington. Trevor Williams, if he gets they, uh, one of those at St. Louis, if they play, and then at Cincinnati. Rough starts, but he's a two-starter that's available as well. JT Brubaker, uh, he's tentatively scheduled to have two starts, but... Not none of these guys are really like standing out to me um, outside of like Tyler Molly, who is available in 12 team leagues. But let's talk about let's talk about real quick before we close out here. Let's talk about somebody like Robbie Ray, who's owned and he was drafted quite high. And we saw him go in 15 team leagues anywhere from the fifth round to the eighth round. And he's at Colorado to start this week. And then he's it gets a home start uh, versus the Padres and the Padres have been slugging the shit out of the ball. So and we no, Robbie Ray's been struggling. He tried to change up his mechanics. The mechanics haven't been working. We're still seeing the high walk rate. He's getting bumped out of games early again. So it's the bad Robbie Ray right now. That's something we should discuss on. What are you doing with somebody that you've invested in? And now he's getting a two-star yeah. because one of my rules of thumb is if you have somebody that has, is lined up for a two-star and you're not going to – and if you're not going to start him – then you should probably cut him, right? I mean, that's kind of what I look at, and it's, I think I know he's that... absolutely he's absolutely cuttable this week. If you if, oh, if you're not going to start him this week, and even more so in this shortened slate, you gotta let him go. Yeah, yeah, and I agree because and Bubba mentioned that on Twitter um, uh, yesterday, I believe that he just said I, he's a cut for him, and so I know that Bubba's going to be cutting him as well. And I, I think I'm in that same boat. There's somebody else that we didn't touch on. And I should have probably added him to like the minimum bid or the one to nine dollar range. And that's Justin Dunn. But that's only because he's a two start uh, this upcoming week. So he's somebody that's also available in, I want to say, like every single league. And that's both of them are on the road and tough offenses. So he's facing at Texas, at Houston. So, you know, he's I guess if you need those wins or the K's or whatever, he's just somebody that's kind of going to be there as well. Logan Webb is similar to that. Another two-step that's going to be available. And then one last person that I want to touch on is Lance McCullers. He gets two home starts versus San Francisco, 
versus Seattle. Yep. If he cannot have a successful two-step this week, I, I'm going to be so pissed off at myself. I, I, uh, it could be. It could be. And I'm a huge Lance McCullers homer, even though he's a Houston Astros. So I'm going to be monitoring and watching those. Yes, he is. So I And, and something like that. I am watching every single pitch of those outing guys. I know that there are fantasy players that have a lot of success just deep diving into the analytics and looking at fan graphs and kind of seeing what's trending and looking at matchups. But with Lance McCullers, I will be watching every single pitch to see what's going on. And if I'm starting to notice that he can't get his walk rate in line and if he's still struggling with command and if he's getting into his own head and getting frustrated like I've seen, then it's – yeah, he could be a cut because he could be the next um, – we've seen what Josh James is doing right now, and it's not pretty. So pains me to yeah, say that, a, but he's somebody I wanted to highlight as well. No, that's a really good call. He's a tough one because he was the darling of a lot of folks, and quite frankly, he looked good, but he had some bouts of wildness. But it's almost like, Matthew, you're right. He's gotten into his own head, and the the wildness is just spiraling out of control for him right now and just leading to – you know, he's just burying ratios. I think you hit on two great arms that we've got to be focused on as players. If you're not pitching Robbie Ray this week, which I can totally understand why you wouldn't, um, he, it may be time to let him go. I think you've got a longer leash with a guy like Lance McCullers, but this week is the week, right, that you got to figure it out, and he, you may have to let him go uh, after after this week. So Yeah, uh, two, two steps can be good litmus tests as well for you. You yeah, know. absolutely. It might be too. It might be too late, and it can really screw you over. But yeah. there's no chance in hell that I'm fucking yeah. hitting Lance McCullers against the Giants in that. The right, right. The Mariners. So, well, I'm every Mariner at this point, so I'm very curious to see what Lance McCullers <laughs> does against them. Uh, like for Kyle me, Seager. as I've Kyle said, Kyle Seager will probably hit two home runs. Of course he will. Kyra Seager is going to be the AL MVP uh, at so. this point. So. No, um, that'll wrap things up this week for episode 10. can't believe we hit 10. Thanks, everybody, for all your listening. Matthew, uh, obviously people are going out reading your article today. Again, I can't speak highly enough of Matthew's article. It's awesome. Go check it out over at ftnfantasy.com. What else you got working on, Matthew, uh, for this week? I'm going to be doing another MLB prop bet and just basically trying to tweak and work on my NFBC teams and work on DraftKings. So... Other than that, I'll have my weekly fab article and you and I are going to be having our we'll have our midweek podcast together. And then we also have a special guest this upcoming week uh, from Rotowire. We have Scott Jenstad, who's a buddy of both of ours. So uh, I know that you're looking forward to having Scott on and so am I. So that's really exciting. And then we'll also be doing another weekend fab segment, um, which we do every weekend. And apologies for it going a little bit long this weekend. yeah, we'll try and make it a little bit more clear and concise yeah. moving forward like we were doing in the past. But it's just there was just a, so much to cover this week that no. we wanted to just keep going. So thank you guys so much for listening. Matt and I really, really appreciate all the positive feedback on Twitter and everything you guys say. Just It just motivates us and it pumps us up and it keeps us keeps us wanting to just keep going. You know, I'm so yeah, excited for what we've been doing. And yeah, so thank you guys so much. None of this would be possible without you guys listening. So Let's just keep having a great time, and please interact with both of us on Twitter. Uh, we love to we love to hang out. Yeah, absolutely. If you've got questions today, as Matthew always has mentioned, please hit him up on Twitter. Uh, go to our FTN Discord if you've got questions for Matthew. Get get Matthew those questions. Uh, very valuable piece as you're going through because, like you've seen as we've gone over an hour today. 
there is a ton going on, right? So make sure you keep those out. Matthew, great job as always on your article. Uh, it's a beast yet again this week. Uh, and we will look forward to talking to you guys with our midweek piece and talking with Scott Jenstad. See you later. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the FTN Fantasy Baseball Podcast with the two mats. Please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast, and we hope you listen again soon.